life on the road. It's bees, tacos, angry dwarfs, strippers waving guns, and bees, fights, candle flights, running with the runs, and blacklists, bounce checks, great a bachelorette, <laughs> drunks in the front, making out for your set, and middle acts doing blow more, missing merch, and drive the rental car past another mega church, and juice keys, vagina fist, your cell phone is gone. One big law and order marathon. Can I get a pickle man? Are you reading off your topics yeah. for the show? Belly dancer. Okay. <laughs> Jersey Devil. Oh, oh, I'm from Jersey. Doug Stanhope Cops. All right. Comic strip near your city. All right. Well, it's coming on stage to curly shuffle. <laughs> That's what I danced my wedding to. And last one, <laughs> post gig body parts. Nice. Uh, Brian, can I get a level on you, buddy? Sure. Hi, it's the sound. Oh, it sounds good. You get a nice deep, yes. deep voice. This I is like, like it. when we had Chris Strait on on my show. Oh yeah, Chris Strait was like, "Yes, how are you guys doing?" I'm like, "Oh Jesus, Chris I love Strait. it." Got a, I got a fucking voiceover guy here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks for tuning into the Road Stories podcast, everybody. I'm your host Murray Valeriano, uh, coming to you from a lovely uh, day, which I just realized people are mowing their lawn, so I'm going to shut the windows. So it's going to get really nice and hot in here. Yes. I'm excited about that. Awesome. Um, as we do this, let me explain. We are part of the All Things Comedy Network. Uh, got a couple albums out and a couple DVDs out on All Things Comedy right now. Jackie Cation's DVD is out. Uh, Sam Tripoli's CD is out. Brian Scalaro's CD is out. Yes. Brian Scalaro, thank you for coming. Thanks for having me, man. I'm really glad you made it here today. I know you had to trek that was a little difficult drive. Just track to the east uh, side, I, I know. Was, I lost my cool several times. <laughs> That's the kind of the sucky thing about uh, living here is most of my comic friends live on the east side, so I really appreciate you. Sure, sure. I remember <laughs> when we first talked about it, you were like, I was like, yeah, sure, where is it? You were like, Culver City? It's by Culver City. I'm like, oh, I, think I, I think my leg hurts. Yeah. Because I got to drive to Valencia for a gig instead. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing uh, Marie Callender's. <laughs> oh, I did that this weekend. I will talk about that. <laughs> uh, Brian, uh, it's live at the Comedy Castle, right? That's right, right. The Comedy Castle uh, in Royal Oaks, Michigan. Mark yeah. Ridley's comedy. Yeah, Mark Ridley's, of yeah, course. Yeah. It's, it's a great club. It just happened. We just taped it. Uh, like, I was there, uh -huh. and then uh, he was, uh, the, the MC was like, you know, they mic the audience here, so it's a good place to tape an album. I was like, well, let's just record a couple of shows and sure. see what happens. So we're just an impromptu release, you know what I mean? Awesome. Yeah, yeah. This is, That's why All Things Records was a good place to release it. You know, nice indie label. Yeah, definitely. Comedians. It was like, hey, here you go. You know? Oh, that's just, great. <laughs> it's fucking good. Yeah, well, you're funny. Well, thanks. Um, I got so many things to say, but before I say this, let, mm -hmm. let, let me bring back uh, to the program, you can hear him on Raw Dog. Sirius XM, and a host of uh, maybe the most interesting podcast out there, uh, Comedians Talking About Bigfoot. That's correct. Comedians Talking About Bigfoot. And what, happened, what happens on that? On the title. What happens on that? Me, uh, my co-host, and a, a comedian mm -hmm. talk with a Bigfoot expert every episode about Bigfoot. We discuss oh. Bigfoot. We examine the Bigfoot thing. And we have like the big Bigfoot guys, right. the guys from Animal Planet and stuff. All right. See, that's what I like about a title like that. It's great. You know what you're getting. Yeah. yeah this isn't no, no Country for Old Men. Right. You know, I don't know what that's going to be from the title. This is Snakes on a Plane for Podcasting. The show is funny <laughs> and scary. You know what you're getting. <laughs> that's a comment I get from people all the time. The show is funny and scary. Uh, well, I'm, I've been asked to do it, so I'm looking yeah. forward to doing that in August. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. i got to brush up on my Bigfoot. I met uh, Brian Scalaro. Uh, I don't know if you remember where we met. Uh well, where we met? Oh, where we met, okay. Yeah, we met doing a gig at uh, the Canyon Club. Uh, yeah. Out 
Thousand Oaks? Where is that race? Yeah, I think that is Thousand Oaks. Thousand Oaks? Was it the one where we were in the small church room with the pipe organs and... Uh, was it the turtles were playing in the other room? No, but man, I would love to have been to that we one. We were in the big room. We were in the big room. All right, yeah. We were in the big room. You did a gig where the turtles were playing at the same time? I don't remember if it was the turtles. Brian Scalaro's big deal, man. No, no, no. I mean, but <laughs> like, like talk about music bleeding through the wall. Like, you right. a concert in the next room? Yeah. It was one guy from, I can't remember. But it's not, it's not a great story. But yeah. yeah. That well, that, that I base my whole podcast on not great stories. <laughs> That's why I'm yeah. here. No, but, no the, uh, the, yeah, yeah. All right, so the Canyon Club, for those people who don't know, people in like Australia or whoever who's listening to this um the candy club it's for bands like i don't know eddie money pat plays Bennett, there pat benatar's a good one right. um it's the ones who could like sell out staples in 87 but are still have enough of a following right. to fill that howard jones howard jones oh well, i'd like to see that um so and it wasn't was it really set up for stand-up was it because it had like almost like the dance floor yeah, I mean, it went all right i remember everybody did good but it was not like something i want to like tell people about. follow up on <laughs> <laughs> now the reason i because the, the we had an mc who and this is my pet peeve and we were kind of talking about this before you got here david and i were who walked out and jumped right into material and yeah. then just and just like completely did not you know i think it took two comics for the well, right audience. off the, right off the yeah. bat i can tell like, you that it can't be a great comedy room because as soon as you hear this word associated with room you've got to play you're in pretty pretty big trouble canyon <laughs> yeah it's a good that's a good point it's pretty right. cavernous <laughs> yeah yeah but uh i had fun i was excited because i like uh, rock and roll and i like to play in rock and roll venues there was a girl there uh-huh and uh she was very pretty like, in the audience yeah. Okay. Very pretty. Sure. Like, uh, like it, it's like she's a, she might be a, uh, yeah, like a former porn, not even former. She was young, the porn porno actress kind of looks and stuff, and she, but not sloppy porn actress like everything. Oh, like. so she's a future in porn, yeah. not a past in porn. She was flirting <laughs> with me, so I, I, I was like pretty surprised because that doesn't happen. Right. And then I wanted to ask for a number, but she was standing next to an older John gentleman just mm-hmm. standing there. And she goes, "Well, you can ask for a number or not." I'm like, "Well, this guy's right there. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know if you were with him." And she was like, no. And I felt horrible for that guy. <laughs> She's like, I'm not with him. Oh. Just, yeah, she was a real she was a really interesting person. So uh, did you go home with her? We well, Not that night, but we had a couple of dates that went very well. Oh, good for and you. And then on the first date, she told me she she had a porno online. Oh. That she shot so you called her. it, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she, yeah, yeah. she shot with her ex-boyfriend. Right. Oh, right. oh. And, uh, not quite right. And she, I was like, <laughs> oh. And then she was, but it was really good porno. I saw it. Okay. But she was like, uh, I don't but. I was like, oh, okay. She was upset. Sure. And I said, well, you're upset because he put it online. She was like, no, I don't care. It's online. I care. I care that he didn't tell me. So then I realized, all right, I'm not gonna fall in love with this girl. Right. Maybe just try to have sex, which is not, not something I normally can just pull off. Mm-hmm. Usually the girl has to fall for me. Sure. So I said, all right, let's uh, you know, let's try to fool around. You know, that's the attitude I was going with. Right. And she was like, I'd really like us to fall in love for us. And I was like, I can't fall in love with you. And she's like, wow, I was like, there's a, a dick in your mouth. Um, <laughs> can you imagine showing there's a dick in your mouth. You guys want to see my wife? Here's a picture of her fucking right. widget. You know? <laughs> like it doesn't work. But I felt bad because she truly wanted something romantic. And I just couldn't, maybe it's my issue, but I couldn't bring myself to fall in love with somebody who's getting fucked on the internet. You got a cold heart, buddy. You know what's <laughs> weird? You know what's weird? I don't know. This has got to Open be, your life to love. I don't, know if you've, I don't know if you've had this too, Murray. It just has to be unique to LA. I can't, this can't be going other places. I've also dated a fair amount of chicks who've done porn. Really? Yes. And it seems to be, this is now, I'm starting to learn from Brian, this is a comic behavior in LA. We date porn chicks. Have you done this? No. I have. Of course, I met my wife in church. 
Now, not only no. hold on, but Brian, I'll one up, I'll one up you a little bit here. It's hard to do this, but I've not only dated chicks in porn like the way Brian has, where you met somebody in real life, whatever. And then later but on, I've dated chicks in porn a few times that were not in porn when I met them, as far as I know. And you, you and drove no, and later later on, <laughs> brought the camera. No, yeah. the, seriously, I'm not kidding. Later on. A year or two later, after we dated, I was at home jerking off in front of my computer and found them in porn. Mm-hmm. The girl I was dating is now in porn. That's bad. That's yeah. heartbreaking. I've seen that happen. And uh, yeah, I've is, seen it happen in the middle of my own masturbation. What's, what's heartbreaking is uh, David saying I was home I jerking off in front of a computer. That's what's <laughs> heartbreaking. Did you stop? Is the question. <laughs> no, it's exciting as hell to see a girl you dated. Before. But it's someone that you have serious feelings for. No. All right. No. Okay. no Just making sure. No. All right. I did date a girl. Now that I think about it, I did date a girl who, when we broke up, said. Uh, I just got cast in a movie, so you know I've got no time for you. And then it turns out that it was some soft pr- porn prison thing. Alicia, so, Alicia yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you could see uh, this guy's not going to want to date a porn actress. So yeah, I'm yeah. Just make him think I'm an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> no, she was both. She was both. She was both. <laughs> so yeah, so you can look her up online. I'll post that uh, video up on the Facebook right. page. Yeah, links, links, links to all these girls coming up on MurrayValeriano.com. <laughs> and uh, by the way, I would always like to say hi to my mom, who's usually listening. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, where do you come from? Uh, New York. Ah, I see. I thought so. What's We're at New York. What's that? We're at New York. Oh, uh, Brooklyn. Okay. Yeah, and then Queens. Uh-huh. Uh, then I lived in Manhattan. Worked in Manhattan all the time. So most of yeah, you hit all the five boroughs, huh? Practically, I've, yeah, I've gotten lost in Staten Island. I've driven through Staten Island to get to Six Flags. <laughs> Wait, in I, South Jersey? I've gotten lost in the Bronx several times. Uh, Six Flags Six in South Flags Jersey? Central Jersey? Yeah, well, I don't know. I Central Jersey. I just remember you drive yeah. through the Gathals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That horrible-looking bridge and full of oil refineries and a bridge. <laughs> I used to go because I grew up in Jersey practically, so I used to go down to that Six Flags all the time. They had a drive-through safari. Yep. Do they yep. still have that? I don't, I don't know if they still have it. But they definitely. I've been in that. Oh the man, Mad Ride was what uh, okay. The drive through safari the last time I went through was people opening their car windows, defying all the signs that told you not to, yeah, yeah. and feeding the animals french fries from, oh, yeah. from McDonald's. Oh, yeah. I remember because I went when I was a kid because my grandparents lived down there. So when we were in Tennessee, we drove up to visit them. And the, the end of the drive through safari is the baboon section. Right. And baboons are. They'll tear the roof of your car. They'll tear, yeah, like you weren't allowed to have uh, vinyl, roof. vinyl roofs because yeah. they would tear it off. So you had to have a steel roof and no convertibles. Yeah. And we were just. In like live 20 minutes, haven't moved, and we're a hundred yards from the gate. Just everybody's getting just mauled by baboons on their car. And then one of the guys, one of the zookeepers, I guess, drives up in uh, uh, his truck, gets a baseball bat out of the back of his truck, walks over to a baboon that's been sitting on the hood of the car that won't get off. Whack! Wailed him with the thing, thing, took off. He opened the gate and let the car out. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the safari is closed. <laughs> um, you know, the vinyl roof thing, I remember it growing up. I remember people would have their roof destroyed. And, and I grew up in Long Island. I was born in Brooklyn and grew up on the island. And, and I remember, like, you'd see, like, some heavy New York accented guy walk up to a guy whose roof was torn up and go, yeah. bit to the safari. <laughs> yeah. like, 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 that was the assumption. Yeah. Like, what, great adventure? You, like, that, that was how your car got ruined, you know? Uh, all right, before we get into the road stories, I'm going to tell this one story uh, uh, about the baboon thing, and it has, and has something to do with a road story. Uh, I know, right? It's not a, before we get into the road story. So, Vegas. Uh, <laughs> we're driving through this fire. I am a kid at this point. I'm, I don't know, I'm still in Tennessee, so, or Indiana, so I'm like seven years old. 
We're in the drive-through safari in Jersey, visiting my grandmother. My gra- we're in a station wagon. Windows rolled up. You have to have the windows rolled up. No air conditioning. August, 100 degrees outside, 120 in the car, right? Packed into the station wagon. It's like me, my grandmother, my two brothers. I'm sitting on the, you know, the door side. We're all just sitting there sweating. We're stuck in the traffic. We're stuck in the traffic, and we're in the baboon section, and we're just sitting there, and I glance to my right, and there's a baboon sitting on a stump just whacking it, <laughs> just going to town on himself five feet from me and my grandmother. <laughs> so I'm just sitting. I don't, I'm, not, I'm seven. I'm not even sure I know what's going on right now, but I just, watching, no, I just know. Video of one of the girls I, <laughs> yeah, I just know to keep looking forward. Do not address what's happening to the right, and don't look my grandmother in the eyes. In L.A. Zoo, I was standing there with Kids, yeah, me and the girlfriend and the shit little kids we had nothing to do with. <laughs> and it was a bunch of monkeys sitting on a rock, and one monkey took a shit in his hand. Oh and it was like, oh, and then the monkey smelled it. I was like, don't do it. I started yelling out. And the monkey started eating the shit. Oh. Like, Come on. And everybody, oh. everybody just walked away booing the monkey. <laughs> booing the, the, like, the monkey. Like, oh, come on. Why are you fucking? Come on. No. And everybody just Boo, monkey. Listen, he, inadvertently just, he inadvertently just came up with a great title for his next comedy album, Booing the Monkey. <laughs> yeah. This reminds me of allthingsrecords.com. I didn't feel like I sold it well enough if I thought... That huh. was going to be the only mention. Oh no, we'll mention it more. I would have liked. To, uh, it, it's worth getting. It will mention. It's worth about it. Not worth getting. Is it too know. late to rename it? Boo and the monkey. <laughs> <laughs> the monkey? Listen, you yeah. spend an hour and a half in traffic. We'll mention your. Uh, we'll mention your uh, yeah, you. live at the Comedy Castle many times that you can get on all things that, comedy. I'm just. I can't stop. That's a seller. You see that on a shelf? Boo and the monkey. <laughs> You're buying that thing. <laughs> I would just assume it's on. <laughs> it's like comedians talking about Bigfoot. That's a title that just automatically grabs you, or you would assume it sucks. Yeah. Uh, speaking of all things comedy, thanks for everybody who came out to the All Things Comedy stand-up show last Monday night. Have you done that yet, Brian? No, I just uh, signed with them. Oh, okay. You know, take some time. Okay. But I got the podcast with them as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Things are good. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're a great, uh, <clears throat> it's a great bunch of guys. You know? Yeah. It's all about comedy. It's not yeah, about exactly not about uh, money. Back. Screwing you, screwing the comics out of there. Yeah, I like that. Um, we mentioned earlier uh, uh, Marie Callender's um, yeah. <laughs> and. Uh, I, I like my, my friend Jackie Cation and I always talk about this whenever we're on a podcast together. It's 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 a club connected to a Marie Calendars. Mm-hmm. Have you done, Brian? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've done. You've done, right? Yep. There were two periods in my life where I really needed one hundred twenty-five dollars. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And a pie for like yeah. a, an old Coke dealer or something back mm-hmm. to get settled. One hundred twenty-five and a pie <laughs> and a pie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, oh no! Now you get a pie also. Now you get a pie also. Yeah, you can get paid and you get a pie. Looks like I'm calling Randy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got I half worked, an apple pie. I have to work at a lower scale level because I, I got like an open faced turkey sandwich or gravy uh, or something. <laughs> yeah. This is way too good. Please yeah. take it out of my pay. So when did you get started in New York? Oh, ninety uh, five was my first paid show. Okay. I got this small shows in 92 night, but 95 is when I took it seriously. Mm-hmm. 96, 97 is when I got into the cellar, so that's when things started to swing. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Um, it was a long time ago. Then I moved here in 2001. Okay, you've been right here that before one? Before September 11th. Like oh, two really? Weeks before. So I had nothing to do with it. Really? <laughs> it's weird. Brian and I have been living almost parallel lives. And like, like we both grew up on the East Coast. Uh-huh. Um, I started playing around stand-up in, in that same general time frame, but didn't, but started taking it seriously probably a little later than that, probably like 99, 98. And moved here in two thousand one, uh, maybe a year before September eleventh. Like, 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 or two thousand. Then started, then started dating porn people. Two thousand. Then started dating porno. No, I moved, I moved out. I moved out here, married. Oh, you did? Um, yeah, and um, then got unmarried. Then started dating porn people, <laughs> and then got married again. To a porn people? Yeah. 
no, to, not to a porn person. To, okay. To a girl good enough looking to be in porn, which is not. All good. right. <laughs> were, uh, were there like the sellers? Great, I like, like Gary Gullman, all those guys. I have yeah, good well, friends well, with. Yeah, there was something about it back then before Comedy Central had yet to really investigate uh-huh. who was in New York. They only had one club called the Luna Lounge, and it was all alt guys, right? And like Eugene Merman and stuff. Sure. Like so then uh, Colin Quinn got got the show on Comedy Central, and he brought them down to the cellar, and so suddenly. This world opened up. Uh, Jim Norton, Patrice O'Neill, mm-hmm. David Tell, mm-hmm. like everything just opened up to them. When sure, the amount of talent that was at the cellar. Yeah, the cellar's great. There was something about it that was awesome. I always equated to uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Oh yeah. You know the line where it's like, if you look out the window with the right pair of eyes, you can see where the, the high water mark where the wave finally broke and rolled back. Talking about the San Francisco acid scene, I always feel that way about the cellar in '95 to 2000. There was something about it that there were no rules, nobody got in trouble, nobody yeah. was stealing, right? Uh, nobody was doing it for an end result. Mm-hmm. It just was, it was like kind of amazing. Yeah, you know, and I do miss that now because that doesn't seem to be the case there or anywhere. Can you speak directly into the mic like this? I'd rather not. Straight in. Okay, that's cool. We don't want to hear. We don't want to hear <laughs> you anyway. We don't want to hear. You. Does you feel like that's uh, more? Is it like? Isn't there more here than it? Is? Don't you feel like New York has? There people are doing it to do it without yeah, a means so to an end. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I do, but there was um, the people that that rubbed us the wrong way in mm-hmm. New York. That like you felt like, all right, all right, you got a deal. All right, you want to get a deal. With those people, didn't play the cello. There was an owner named Manage Warman. Mm-hmm. Who's now gone? But he was uh, very—he uh, was very. I don't know. He just cared. He just cared about the laughs. Yeah. I remember once I thanked him. I was like, "Hey, I want to thank you for all the work yeah, you give me," because I was able to move out of my parents' house. He was like, "You don't gotta thank me." Mm-hmm. He's like, "You—you're uh, funny, so the audience comes back. It's a business transaction." And until then, every club owner made me feel like I—they were doing you a favor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there was something about the way that run. Run. That's cool. Is SD still? Yeah, she still books it. She's great. Yeah, yeah. Still the I think the best club by far. Oh yeah, in New York, if not the country. Yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. man. I just meant that that time doesn't exist anymore. Those oh, what? Greg Giraldo and you know Jim Norton, you know the, the ones who are alive. If that they'll never be, they'll never get together again and be at that age. Yeah, yeah, that won't happen again. And did you get started in New York? Too? I know we talked about this last I time around. Some, some gigs in New York, but I pretty much started doing stand up in Philly because oh. I was a radio guy. Oh, that's right. And and I was I didn't start doing stand up really until after I was doing radio in Philly for a while. Uh, left a radio station and started playing around with stand up, and re- so really stand up got off the ground for me in Philadelphia, not in New York. Where where in Philadelphia? The comedy cabaret mostly. Cabaret. That's not they around had, anymore, is it? It is. They, is it? they had they had about five rooms all over the Philly area, right. like Delaware and everywhere. And I would just kind of. Every weekend, I was at a different one. You mm-hmm. know, I was in Northeast Philly one week, Delaware the next, and just kind of in their little circuit. And they used to... They, uh, my act is dark now. It always has been. Sure, sure. But back then, my act was actually even more dark. Really? It's possible. Who it was, does it that? Was, it was even more evil and dark early on. When who, I, who gets less dark as they get older? I think, I, I, I think everybody. Really? Well, no, I think it's not... Yeah, it wasn't acts. About, when you start, you're all it wasn't about. Yeah, it wasn't about a deliberate... Um, desire to get less dark it just as you evolve as a joke writer you start writing a little smarter you get better yeah, exactly. you become a better writer so i was writing it more simplistically and more meanly at the time probably meanly okay and they used to bring me up uh to mc or to guest spot and stuff to the curly shuffle the song the curly <laughs> shuffle 
<laughs> um, and it was by, uh, and, by and the it, back in the saddle gang. Am I but, right? but they weren't doing it ironically. They were doing it for real. They're just idiots. They actually <laughs> thought this was appropriate comedy music, you know. <laughs> and and like I'd come up to the curly shuffle and and do the most evil act Philadelphia had ever seen. Right. You know, they should have been bringing me up to Wagner, you know, <laughs> and they're bringing me up to the curly shuffle. You know? <laughs> uh, it's funny because I was talking to who was I talking to the other day about. Like there's always one song that a club will bring you up to when it's the hot. You remember it was for a while there it was that Black Eyed Peas song. Yeah, yeah. let's get it started. Yeah, yeah, it was it was like, let's get it retarded. And then it was the uh, Eminem song. Uh, you gotta lose. Just, oh yeah, yeah. That was all like this is my moment. This set of Marie Callender is gonna break me. I know. I love the intense, intense music. Are you are you ready to laugh? Henry's laugh stop (laughs) (laughs) under like enter Sandman. (laughs) Yeah. I think there's one club in Canada that still uses that song, the Eminem song. Oh, really? Yeah. Like five years, six years later. Oh man. I remember one club just decided like, uh, who's, is it ASCAP is the music union? Uh, Yeah. They started, uh, charging clubs. Really? For playing. I think it was in Colorado. Yeah. This club was in Colorado Ah. and they started charging. So the owner, so I was like, I live in Colorado. I know plenty of bands. Guys, give me your CD. I'll play it before. Uh, so he would oh, just use great. local people. Yeah, yeah. A, it gives the local people a little bit of uh, exposure, and B, he doesn't have to pay the ass cap. Right, right. Yeah, what's the difference? I mean, like, like, does it really need to be Bush or whatever band they would have played at that time? Yeah, yeah. It's fine. At one point, just, you know, just get a get electric guitar and plug it into your thing. We'll put a live house band, and the local bands will come in just to do their exposure, and they'll help bring an audience in. You oh, know, that's actually a really good a, idea. Because I mean, you, you just say to a local band, look, you, you're the house band tonight. Tomorrow mm-hmm. night, this is the house band. And they'll keep bringing 25, 30 people to each show. That's yeah, a good idea. I can't imagine that's great for the comics. You know, if they have a band, stop playing music. They, no, they, I, don't, I, don't mean, I don't mean it. it, it like we just playing you on and off. I see. That's not bad. And maybe like, uh, you know, play, and before tw- play 20 minutes before. Play before the show, they could play and play on and off, and they're going to bring 25 people every time. Yeah. Automatic 20 people instantly. In the Let's game. say show starts at 8, you know, band, play uh, play at uh, 7.30, play for 20 minutes, take a five-minute break. Play there are comedy club workers right now taking notes. Oh, I know. That race is a fucking genius. <laughs> <laughs> Were there many, like, did you guys used to just run in Manhattan together, or did you ever, like, head out and hop on the bus and head down to Jersey for, like, a... One nighter. I did a few, couple of Jersey things. Yeah, you know, the <clears throat> Stress Factory. I did a lot. Oh, sure, sure. I remember I was uh, AMC'd there. Mm-hmm. Patrice O'Neill was featuring. Oh wow! <clears throat> and uh, I was his ride. Oh yeah. And uh, there was a, a headliner who was a guitar comic from colleges, uh-huh. a lot of colleges. He couldn't follow Patrice. Right. So then they made him the feature and Patrice the headliner. And then he had trouble following me, so they made him the MC and me the feature. Nice. Patrice the headliner. I'll never forget that. It was a bonding experience for Patrice. No, that sounds great, man. It's always good to be it's always good to be the guy who gets moved up, not yeah, the guy yeah. who gets moved down. Yeah, I think that must have been really traumatic. As a matter of fact, I'm surprised that's never happened to me. Uh listen, no. I've been, <laughs> I, I've been removed from MCing jobs for being too dark. Oh, you have? Yeah, I've had. I've had. I've been sent back to guest spot for being too dark in MC. Oh, really? That was early in my career. Now I just usually don't even go near MCing. But, but back in the beginning, back in that Philadelphia yeah. period, uh, that happened to me a few times. Um, and I've also done a lot of gigs in Jersey too. Not, I haven't done Stress Factory, but I did a lot of New Jersey, a lot of East Coast, loads of East Coast road work. Yeah. In those first several years, and and one in New Jersey that sticks out for me was um, I'd been watching Unsolved Mysteries. And I saw on on there a thing about the Jersey Devil. Oh sure! And 
all these stories about the Jersey Devil and what the most recent sightings were of the Jersey Devil. And they were mm-hmm. terrifying, you know? Right. And then I, I happen to see on my calendar that my next gig in New Jersey is in the town that's like Jersey Devil Central. Oh, really? Where, and that's where, South Jersey, right? Yeah, it was, it was Smithville, New Jersey. I had a gig coming up in. And, and um, the Jersey Devil had actually been spotted behind a restaurant in Smithville, in the village <laughs> that I'm going to do a show in, like by the dumpster. Like he yeah. popped up on somebody with the wings and everything and like yeah, yeah. ran for their lives. And I had this coming up on my calendar. So I was like, I was ready to cancel the freaking show. I couldn't believe I've got to go to this Jersey Devil, the seat of the, his community, you know, and, and do a show. And uh, I showed up for an eight o'clock show, like in broad daylight, like R- noon. Yeah. You know, like, 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 so I get there safely. And, um, and uh, after that show, I just remember running to my car and escaping the club, like, because it was night. You know, sure. I, had, I remember running to the club, escaping my car. How old were you, 13? <laughs> <laughs> I was terrified. I, I ran to my car. Like like, like, a, like a visitor at the Munster's residence. You know, right. like, 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 like I knocked at the door, like, holy shit, it ran for my life. <laughs> sped out of there, like, like a Flintstones episode, like burned rubber, yeah, like yeah, sped yeah. away. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, oh, so you believe in that stuff. You have to with your with your with your big I'm not, podcast. I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not. I don't know enough about the Jersey Devil really to know what. Like I haven't studied that. Like I have my Bigfoot. Right. Well, I went right. to San Francisco and I was really happy they rebuilt it after the Godzilla attack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, you guys fixed it. Up. That's cool. Because I got booked in Tokyo. I'm really worried about Gamera. I, I, I haven't. Uh, he only comes out in May. I made him Italian Listen, for some reason. Let's talk about monsters in a serious manner. I haven't. I haven't studied Jersey Devil enough to really know what I think but I can tell you this Unsolved Mysteries you know made a decent case sure. and I happen to have a show coming up in in the center of okay. his town it was fucking terrifying how you know, a horse faced winged creature <laughs> <laughs> how, how how scary can the New Jersey Devil be if they named a hockey team after it though that's is true. my point that that's, that's like the Anaheim Ducks yeah yeah that's it's true. not gonna pop up often <laughs> <laughs> there's a comic named uh, Josh Mullins who I love he, he has this one one liner I know Josh yeah I love this, I love this one liner you know what really gets my goat? El Chupacabra. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great joke. They, my son, I, listeners know I have a two-year-old, he's now wearing underwear, and he wears cartoon on his underwear, and there's a Chupacabra airplane. Really? Yeah, and my, and my wife didn't know it. I had to sit down and explain what Chupacabra was. I tie the airplane to it. Uh, it's in air, the movie Airplanes, I think. It's There's a movie called Airplanes. airplanes. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the guys' names is Chupacabra. Yeah, There's a Mexican racial stereotype airplane. Probably, yeah. Because yeah, Mexico often is famous for their airplanes. It was really <laughs> yeah, kind of confusing. Was, we got to get a stereotype in there. <laughs> Which is funny because our babysitter, Elizabeth, is from Oaxaca, and she had to explain it to my wife. Oaxaca, yeah. Some starts with an O. It's Oaxaca. I know, but it starts with an O. Yeah, but it's got an X in it, which is cool. Yeah, no, it's a great. I love the spelling. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's just not Oaxaca. <laughs> <laughs> Am I, I saying it wrong? No, no, but it, I'm, they're saying it wrong. It's, oh, they're saying it wrong. It's Oaxaca. It's Oaxaca. Whatever. Let the white guy from Jersey tell the people from Mexico how to say their name. You guys are obviously pronouncing it wrong. You have four X's in there. You haven't mentioned one of them. They just try to win at Scrabble. Have you ever performed? Speaking outside the country, you ever performed outside the country? I do Canada a lot. I'm yeah, going I don't know to the counts. Well, I think so. I have, <laughs> they're doing the Pemberton uh, Music Comedy Festival. Pemberton? Yeah, it's in Whistler, Canada, which is about three hours north of so. Vancouver. Mm-hmm. It's like the Trailer Park Boys. Uh, oh, awesome. Uh, Norm MacDonald, uh, myself, mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of funny people like sure. Doug Benson. There's like 11 of us. 
So I'm looking forward to that. That's cool. And then I play uh, I play all over Canada, Toronto and Ottawa and Montreal. The yucks. Through Montreal in no. I always play the non yucks. Oh really? I I I go to the people who ask me, right? Or the people who say uh, respond to an email. I don't think I've ever emailed yucks. Uh huh. But uh, I'm like, oh, well, you know, you've seen me on the co- on the headlines for the other clubs. Sure. Maybe just write to me. Yeah, yeah. You know what <laughs> hey, I mean? I'm not, I don't. I'm out, I'm 40. I don't feel like getting rejected. Right, right. And explain to you who I am. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're a moose right away. Why don't you just fucking give a call? But I went to Denmark and played Denmark. Oh, really? There was a guy there who ran the Denmark Copenhagen Comedy Festival, and he uh-huh. was visiting L.A. and he saw my live at Gotham in like 2009. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I really like the sneeze. He said it with a Danish accent, which I can't do. <laughs> he was like, I really like your sneezes joke. And I think that would go well here. I was like, oh, but I can't do that for 45 minutes. He's like, no, they'll like it. They speak English. So I went, and uh, I just got a whole gig out of one, a bunch of noises on Comedy Central. And mm-hmm. it was like, great trip. And they were sh- showing them all uh, videos of Sarah Silverman, Andy Kaufman, George Carlin, Richard Pryor. And, they, and I started saying, I was like, isn't it weird that they know that they were the same guy, meaning Andy Kaufman and the what's his name? Tony Clifton. Clifton, yeah. And he was like, "What?" And that the whole audience didn't know that fact. Oh, so they asked me to go on stage and explain to them about all the people they just saw. They didn't know the, those people. Oh wow! And so, but they were really smart. They, they either have American accents or English accents because they grew up watching American television, mm-hmm. English television. But they didn't know all those stories. So it was that I enjoyed more than the show. Which that is was cool. Just, Instructing them all on on the past right. comedy, it was fun. I think that would make Andy Kaufman happy if he knew that uh, they still didn't. That know. over in Denmark, they still didn't. They know. still didn't know. You know, so this fat guy ruined it for him. <laughs> I said, "Oh, I was like that guy. He pours the water on. That's his friend, Bob Zamuda. Yeah, yeah. But nobody in the audience knew that, and they were like, "Oh." <laughs> <laughs> I have a letter from Bob Zamuda. I must have told the story a thousand times on the show. So guess what? Thousand and one. It's my <laughs> show. <laughs> but when I uh, first got started out here, I was in a sketch group. I know, don't run away yet. <laughs> and we got booked at the American Comedy Festival up on uh, uh, Universal City Walk. Right. And it was in like they shut down, they turned everything into a comedy club at the City Walk. Uh, you know, um, what's the. Hard Rock Cafe, right. you know, did shows. Uh, Conway Twitty's Twitty City or whatever's up there did shows. Mm-hmm. Everybody did shows. We got booked on the main stage of the show, and we uh, used to do this bit called uh, The Evolution of the Dick Joke. And the main stage, like the outside They built a stage. The thing by the movie theater? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the the uh, giant thing by the movie theater. Right. It's overlooked. It was a Friday, Saturday night. Right. Um, they'd seen our stuff before, and the whole thing about that there was just, you know, um, the joke was the evolution of the dick joke. Knock, knock, who's there? My dick. It was just, every punchline was my dick, my dick, my dick, my dick. Mm-hmm. Right. So they decided uh, Saturday night, 8 o'clock, there's too many family people mm-hmm. around here, so we're just going to cut their mics. Because right, we're on lobs. Mm-hmm. But they didn't tell us. Mm-hmm. So we're up there doing the bit, and me being you know just young, and I'm going... I'm like tapping my chest, telling the sound guy, hey, my mic's off. <laughs> my mic's off, and they just ignored us. And then it dawned on us. I was like, oh, they cut our mics. What's the point of you performing if no one's going to hear you? Like, what, what are they, well, I, they, why they even let you? They do? didn't decide ahead of time, right? They, uh, I guess a, it was a last minute decision. I, I guess it was a last minute decision because they didn't tell us, yeah. and I don't think they were out to screw us. But right. the best part of that story is, is we get off, they turn their our mics back on because we got to do another sketch. So they avoided hearing Dick, but they heard those fucking assholes turned our goddamn mics off and yeah, just yeah, echoing yeah, through that. the fuck that <laughs> echoing through Universal. <laughs> wow. Oh, you ever run into an owner who tells you not to, like, hey, listen, uh, you know, no, uh, 
no divorce stories here. Anything like that? Well, yeah, I, 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 I never had a guy get that specific. I mean, there's a lot of tons of guys don't want you to curse and or things like that. But not, I, I, not, always, I always say you should have told me bef- before you broke right, me. Right, right. Not when I got off the airplane. I'm gonna do what I do. Right. Oh, that's when guys rarely tell me. Sure. Like I'm doing a show in uh, Indio, and the guy was like, "Can you uh, three 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 fucks? You can say three fucks." And I said, "No, I can't take that gig." And he was like, "All right, you can say as much as you want. Just don't open up with a bunch of fucks." I was like, "I can do that." Okay, and then he, a year later, he, a year later, the gig the comes thing? up. He's like, "So don't forget three fucks." I'm like, ah, ah, <laughs> "I got it in writing that you." you know, he's like, "All right." Yeah. These, these arbitrary numbers and rules they come up with—they're just they're so insane. The, the, the Christian coalition destroying America. <laughs> yeah. No, it's ridiculous. I mean, there's uh, there's a, a local booker here who's like, "Hey, listen, uh, you know, no f words uh, and not dirty before nine. Right, right. I'm like, right, my, right. my Again, set. Like, there's a rule. Like, there's some kind of comedy handbook. I, I go on at eight. 45, I get off at 8, 9.30, right. so I can't say anything. And so I remember he was in the back of the room one time, and I had my watch on, and I'm like, 9 o'clock, right. <laughs> let's well, do the this. Com- yeah, yeah. The most common. I mean, <laughs> good good this, uh, this show, I assume, has a, a pretty significant audience of comics, so most of the guys listening to this know what I'm talking about, but but, but there's all these places with the uh, you know the MC can't curse, the, mm-hmm. the feature can do two fucks, the headliner can say what he wants, you know, like, I, I do like there's un- a, the fuck quota. I do right. understand that. I do think that the... The headliner should be able to uh, adjust the show to his what makes his or her show work. Mm-hmm. So I, I do like if a headliner says uh, I, I'm cool with a dirty feature, or I'm cool with a semi-dirty feature, or if I want clean, or if I want a guy that doesn't do crowd work that much, I think that that person should get what they ask for. Sure. Mm-hmm. When I first started, and a headliner would be like, "Hey, can you can you tone down the fucks?" I'd be like, well, he could get me fired, so I'll just tone him down. Right. But when they say don't don't say fuck, I usually go, I'm gonna say fuck now. I'm probably gonna say it twice as much because <laughs> in my head, you you just became an enemy. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I yeah, can't yeah. help it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever give uh, instructions to your openers? Yeah, I have, I have a few. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I I don't I don't know how, I don't know how many years I've been headlining, but right. I think it comes out to a total of five sure. features where I was like. A little less crowd work, yeah. please. Okay, if you're going to do crowd work, can you make sure you end on five minutes of bits? Can you not tell that giant pussy joke at the end? <laughs> that, how am I going to go up and do fat jokes after that? Right, I right. Mean, help me out. Yeah. I, date, I date the porn chicks. I've, I've asked clubs. <laughs> I've asked clubs to not book me heavy set uh, features mm-hmm. because I am heavy set and I, my re- recent mm-hmm. act has been opening up with about five minutes. Mm-hmm. Of fat jokes. Uh-huh. So now I have to drop those when I show up and there's a fat feature. And although <laughs> there's a fat feature, yeah, although I, I guess that's part of the job. It also kind of is like, hey man, it's my name on the poster. I just flew out here. Can you know I, you live here? Yeah. Can you just maybe switch him with somebody else? Right. You know to give him the yeah, next week and the, you know mm-hmm. it's just uh, it hurts the act. Oh, I completely you stand know, behind that. Drop it off. I think you know if the headliner steak. The feature should complement the headline. It should be like mashed potatoes, a butter and a squash. Uh, you know what I mean? A puree. Mm-hmm. It should complement it. You don't want another piece of steak before you get up that oh, steak. I'll go oh, I was, I was, you lost complement. me on the butternut squash That's steak. That's why I like using female features because they, <laughs> they don't talk about anything I talk about. Uh-huh. So the, if there's a bachelorette party in the crowd, they're going to be satisfied by the time I get on stage. Oh. And I like that. I like giving the audience a, a full meal, mm-hmm. not just my shit. Right. And if and a lot of guys were similar to me, like, can I open for you? I, go, I usually say, you're too much like me. Yeah. You know? That makes a lot of sense. I think. But some people disagree with that. Like, yeah. like the 
David Tell, I know, used Big J for a while, Big mm-hmm. J Okerson. And that seems to me two very similar styles, and I'm sure, I don't know what happened, I wasn't there, but I imagine, uh, you know, had the same joke over and over again, Peter's out. Huh, that's interesting. I never really thought about it like that. And I'm wondering how those, like, alt guys on the road... I don't think, you know... Uh, handle it, you know? Alt guys don't go on the road. No, that's true, I was just <laughs> figured that. And by road, I mean uh, Los Feliz. Yeah. I mean, you know what I'm talking alt about. Guys. It took you about alt two and a half hours. That's in a, their own neighborhood. This is pretty much a road gig for you, Brian. Right, right, right. <laughs> this, this counts, yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> the memories of it. Yeah. On a normal coast, he'd be in a different city right now. Yeah. 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 I was like, I could have went to Irvine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I could have went. Well, hey, not now. Not from night. here. No, no, yeah, no. After 7 o'clock, I could have went to Irvine. <laughs> that's actually closer to Irvine. You know, ever since I moved here, I stopped working at Comedy Magic Club, and it's 10 minutes down the road. Yeah. David <laughs> did a thing that uh, I love, which is bring notes. Yeah. I love bringing notes. And bringing broad notes last time. Can I just pick a random number? Go ahead. Uh, I'm not even. Gonna oh, you're at, not going to look. I'm not going to look at the subjects. Numbers. I just want a number. I'm going to go it's, four. It's, it's one through twelve. Four. Uh, this, that's relevant actually to what we've been talking about. Um, four is about a, a deranged U.S. Marine comedy club owner. Okay, we're going to open. We're going to open the windows because it's getting a little warm in here. No, this was actually L.A. It was L.A. Oh, wait, was there's LA. more than one deranged uh, Marine uh, owner. It was when I first moved to L.A. There was a, a club in the Valley. A legitimate comedy club, not a restaurant with a, with a show. A real comedy club with two rooms and everything. And um, I don't know how, but I had the balls. When you first moved to L.A., you're like really naive. And you go running into comedy clubs and doing things you don't do after you've been here a little while. And you realize like how political this town is and how kind of weird it is. Sure. So when you first moved to L.A., you walk into comedy clubs and say stuff like, Hey, I'm here. Uh, I'd like to be the house uh, MC. You know, like, yeah, yeah. like You come in and announce stuff that I yeah, wish yeah. I had the nerve to walk in and announce now. You know, And... Um, and I walked into this place and did that, and I ended up being the house MC for their open mic on Wednesday nights or something. Right. And I did that for a few months, and it was cool because in that first few months that I lived here, doing that, you know, I met tons of other comics, made a lot of political connections. Mm-hmm. Um, but somehow, uh, the guy was not, the owner was a nutty ex Marine, big giant guy. And uh, I don't remember how, but somehow we had some kind of argument on the phone, you know, on some phone conversation. And he, he, and he fired me from continuing to be the house. MC. MC or I okay. quit or what, I don't remember exactly. Sure. But anyway, the conversation quickly devolved into him telling me, and let me tell you something else, you fucking idiot. I'm going to run you out of this business. You ain't working again in this town. You're not going to. And I was, I had just gotten here right. a month earlier. So I'm in a panic. I'm calling up headliners that I know, like, I think this guy's going to run me out of the business. I just got here. Like, and in the same two weeks that that happened, I booked my first quote-unquote acting job, which was as a corpse on ER. <laughs> How many times you go it, in for that? Three was, times? It was a total Three. central casting thing. Okay, and I book a gig as a corpse on ER. The, the, I knew there was something wrong with that gig when on the phone all they wanted to know was what kind of sneakers you have, what colors are they? <laughs> it was all about like what's going to be showing <laughs> and uh, from under the, the cloth. And, uh, and I couldn't bring myself to take gigs like that, so I turned that down. Mm-hmm. And they threatened to run me out of town. Who ER did or the casting central casting? (laughs) So in the same two weeks that this comedy club guy like you know threatened to run me out of the comedy business, now I had central casting telling me you're not going to be our corpse. You're out of this business. (laughs) Like I was ready to get back on a plane, you know, to the East Coast. Well, step it up, or you're never doing another podcast in this town again. The the irony is they both succeeded. (laughs) (laughs) But that club is no longer. That club is no longer. If that's who I think it is, that's I'd like to know. What was it? Uh, what was it called? Uh, uh, Down what at, was it called? Over in Tarzana, right? Yep. Uh, um, connection? 
No. No, I never heard of it. Um, it was called... Uh, oh, what I forget. Was it? I never played it. There's a crazy Marine in Wichita. Who LA, really? who LA Cabaret, maybe? Yeah, Cabaret. Oh, yeah, I've heard of them. Yeah, yeah, they're gone. There was a crazy Marine in Wichita. I landed doing a club in Wichita, and the mm-hmm. guy picked me up. First of all, he yells at me, You're not in the right place I told you to be. I'm like, yes, I am. Right. You just don't remember where you told me to be. Yeah. And then so initially, our, our week started off bad right immediately <laughs> with that. Then he picked me up, and he has shotguns in the back seat. And I was like, God damn it. Oh. You know, and so the, the whole week was torture. I had a guy pick me up, and he had a squirrel in the car. A squirrel? That's right. A, squir- a squirrel in a cage. In a cage, and, okay. Uh, he said, My friend saved squirrels. From uh, trees that get cut down, that's their home. So you know, we bring them in, and I go, and I say, the squirrel just couldn't find another tree to make his home. <laughs> you know, he'd, I, you know, he'd be much safer in our front yeah, seat. Yeah, where's his mail gonna go? So yeah. <laughs> so I was like, all right. She's like, do you want to meet him? I'm like, okay. And then she opens the thing, and the squirrel immediately runs out up my chest really fast with sharp, yeah, yeah. fucking you know, claws, and just porch perches on top of my head. <laughs> Claws inches away from my eyes. I was like, "Yeah, this is great." I pretend I liked it. Like, right. oh, good. Uh, it's so funny. The road. I, was like, I used to be on fucking TV. That's <laughs> all I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to badmouth the squirrel, man. They want. Yeah. You know, I want to bring Scalaro back. He didn't like Fluffy. Yeah, that one brought me back anyway. <laughs> brought me back anyway. You and I let that shit happen. Yeah, yeah man. We were talking about scary drives home when I was talking about the Jersey Devil escaping a neighborhood because uh-huh. of the devil. That whole sentence was funny. Um, but it, it, uh, there was a different gig I was driving home from one time where um, right, I, I was on a freeway, and right when I got to uh, this particular location, all these cars had slowed down. I was only 30 seconds behind this happening. A guy had jumped off of the overpass into the moving traffic to, oh. to kill himself Oh, while I was driving home from this gig, and I missed it by 20, 30 seconds tops. Wow. Okay, and he hit the other cars, like just yeah. in front of me. The cars, maybe 10 cars in front of me. He bounced off of all of them. Oh, you saw it? I didn't see him bounce. I mean, I was 30 seconds behind that happening, yeah. but here's how I know that's what happened. As I crept past the scene where people were standing on the side of the road on their cell phones, all of them on the phone to 911 and things, and, and the cars were just doing one mile an hour past this scene, right outside my window, my driver's window, I'm talking about as close to me as you are to me. I'm right. a foot away. I drove past a head, oh. a leg, oh. arms. Oh. Like pe- I drove by pieces of this guy. Oh, that's terrible. I drove. And I, I got home about 11.30 midnight that night, and I just walked in. I like It was just understood in my mind, won't be sleeping tonight. Yeah. And yeah, I just walked in. So and selfish, man. Walked in and took... <laughs> took you. Involve all those people in it? Walked in, and can you imagine if he hit your car? Can you imagine? Like, it's unbelievable that he didn't kill yeah. 20 more people who yeah. smashed into each other. It's selfish. Um, and I think I dated that guy. It, it, it was <laughs> it was really traumatizing, and and I I got home and just like I just popped an Ambien and an Ativan and just like like just like okay up for a while. What's to watch for the next seven hours? Yeah, like, knock no yourself way out, man. For a long time, you know. Yeah, that's and and horrible. I went to bed about five thirty. Oh, that's terrible. Be good. Well, now we make it sh- very shallow, and uh, be glad it wasn't happening on your way to your gig. How would you? you I couldn't be able to perform after that. Well, that would, you that, guys know the that would have helped my jokes. <laughs> you guys know the story about the comedian in Oregon, right? No. This is a fascinating story. Okay. Coffee house, open mic scene. Mm-hmm. Comic, plays there all the time. Goes on stage with a little electronic keyboard, sings a song called Sorry About the Mess. Mm-hmm. Everybody laughs. And then he proceeds to stab himself in the chest with a knife. Uh, the crowd starts laughing, thinking it's part of the act. And then he, they start screaming when he realizes he's killing himself in front of all their faces. The comic goes on stage and kills himself. 
I how have I never heard of that? It's a well, it's not a popular story that people want to share. Is it an urban legend or did it in the best light? Right, right. But the guy apparently said he was going to do it mm-hmm. uh, two years before that. Another comic told that comic's parents and said, "Hey, he wants to do this." They put him in an institution. He got released from the institution and then went and did it. Now, is that an urban legend or did no, that, that really happen? Okay, you can look it up online. Okay, sounds like a Kaufman bit. You know, yeah, the guy. I'm surprised I haven't heard no, that before. But you know, the guy just wanted to make. He, I don't. It's just like you think about a guy who does that. No, okay, well, you okay. get past all the, you know, the sadness of it of getting sure. to that, and you get past the whole. In this guy's mind, he thinks it's going to be avant-garde theater. He gets past that. He somehow convinces himself that that's not committing suicide, or that he's not blaming people. Right. It's just you know he is. But if you get past all that and just say that guy, made twenty people watch yeah that didn't expect that they, mm-hmm. they will never go see stand-up comedy again <laughs> right, right. No, there's, there's, there's major ptsd that we involved with that sure the, you know speaking of like dark days this isn't as bad but i mean the day is bad but but the story isn't as bad as these hold stories. that thought yeah yeah it's an interesting story it's hard to drop that story yeah i'm, I'm still thinking stabbing yourself to stabbing. kill yourself is like the, how yeah. Oh, man, that's rough, of man. levels of disturbing. Things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and not to dwell on suicide. No, <laughs> no, but it's... Uh, I can't, those. It's I a can't. real Games of Thrones way to do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So no, I, I have, he, had, he has easier ways. I'm sorry, go on. No, no, I, I haven't could. been able to get that guy's head getting crushed out of Game of Thrones in my mind for about... What two months? I have never seen Game of Thrones. Okay, well, I'm going to talk about. It. <laughs> I, you know, I'm going to start a podcast called Comedians Talking either. About Game of Thrones. I don't watch it either, but but I was what I was saying when, you, when I said that I'm thinking of like falling on your sword, like that kind of sure, right, behavior. Right. You know? Well, when you see that episode, you'll remember this and go. Now I have that pain. Yeah, now I have that. With. I'm saving it for the road so I can have stuff to watch on the road. That's <laughs> what I do. <laughs> I had a gig on nine twelve two thousand one. Right. Oh, all right. Do you, do you guys have gigs the day after nine eleven? Uh, no, everything. I was out here for. I, I was out here, and everything shut down. The improv shut down. Okay. I didn't go. I, up, a, I didn't go up till the following Wednesday. I I was out here too, but I had a gig in Orange County. Okay, at like a like a, like a hundred seater like one nighter in Orange County, and um, and it was on my schedule. You know, and nine eleven happened, and I'm sure on nine twelve there can't be a comedy show, like especially a, a totally unimportant right. comedy show. You know. And so I called the club that afternoon, like, you guys don't have this show tonight, right? I mean, they can't, they can't possibly. Just sure the answer is, of course not, you know? And they're like, oh, no, we've got a show. And I'm like... They had them in, yeah, in New I, York, too. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, yeah? yeah? And I'm like, I just couldn't believe it. You know, and I'm just yeah. like, you, you have it? What? You have a show? Like, the one-nighter, the thing I'm yeah. like, you have a show. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, all right. I hang up. And for the next, like, four hours, I'm just thinking, like, they can't. They're yeah. insane. They yeah, keep yeah. having your show. So I kept yeah. calling there, blocking my number, using different voices, yeah. pretending to be different audience members, going, You guys have that show canceled tonight, right? <laughs> like, you know, then yeah. I call, like, but the, uh, I was going to take my wife to the show this <laughs> evening. I kept but, calling. But okay? the more often you and called, the more chance that the show had not getting Here's canceled. exactly what I'm happened. Like, wow, all these after, people are calling. Brian, after, <laughs> about, <it's> you. <laughs> after, about, after about my fourth call, right. they started saying to me, the fake caller, no, there's a tremendous demand. We have a, we appear to have a lot of audience coming tonight. Yeah, uh, it's gonna be gonna be a packed house. Get here early. Like they're taking me as like a huge demand. Okay? And I'm like, these guys are fucking morons. Okay, so I end up going to the show, and um, turns out it, it's me opening and Doug Stanhope is the headliner. Right. And um, uh, that's what he wanted on the day. Yeah, yeah. And I and I get there and uh, and I just I just couldn't believe there was like a hundred people there 
You know, I really, really, really was hundred people there. Like uh, all the fake call, fake calls I made, there really were <laughs> yeah. people there. Wow. Yeah. And and I get there, and um, and I just opened like with a whole rap about how you people are mentally ill. Yeah, There's seriously, something wrong. You're alcoholics and gamblers and idiots. You know. Right, right. Yeah. Um, and then I proceeded to go into a bunch of nine eleven jokes I wrote that day. Right. On nine twelve. <laughs> Which yeah. I, I then murdered my own set. Yeah, I, 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 I think in the, in the, the cellar did a show even without power. Oh, uh, ever? Yeah, uh, had a generator. Day after? Just had a, yeah, I think a lot of New Yorkers needed to. Sure. Like we didn't. I wasn't there anymore, but I know okay. I had a hard time putting that shit together. Oh yeah, finding out who lived and who didn't, and yeah, yeah, you know, and, and then the shock of seeing something in my backyard explode. Right. You know. And uh, so I think everybody in New York just needed to make any kind of sense of it at all and looked actually to comedians. Mm -hmm. And all the firemen, they needed to go out. Sure. It's just amazing no. that the World Series was canceled, you know, or held, held back, you know. Um, Letterman was off the air. Like, like, important things were down. But, you know, comedy club at a bar room in OC was, yeah. what was ready yeah. to roll. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is when comedy actually comes in handy. Yeah, right. You know, when it actually serves its real purpose. The yeah. bar room gigs in OC can't be stopped. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Stanhope in 9-11... I was dating a girl who was a comedian at the time. He's on all things comedy now. Just oh, Stanhope like, shows Stan on all things comedy. Podcast. Just oh, great, man! Yeah, That's yeah. awesome. He's a good guy to have on board. He is, man. He's a great guy, and I've been trying to get him on the show, but he just comes into town for one night and's yeah, out. He's very. Busy. It's hard to he's pin down. But I was dating this girl who's a comic. She's a comic, and she'll remain nameless. And I was sleeping over at her house, and right. she wakes me up. She's like, "Murray, get up, get up!" And she'd waken me up like a week before because Stanhope was on Stern. Right. I'm like, "Fuck it, I don't care. Stanhope's on Stern." And she's like, "No, we're being attacked." And then she dragged me into the living room, and we watched the second tower fall. Uh, that was yeah. that was my Stanhope. That was it was really rough too because I grew up, you know, looking at that skyline. And yeah, then my buddy who I was running with at the time, Chris Frangiola, he's he's oh, Chris, yeah. yeah, his dad, his electricians, and his brother Carl is my, uh, uh, my friend's brother was the first fireman killed on the scene. Uh, jumper landed on his head. Really? Yeah, and I lost a couple of. I lost a very nice girl who's. Uh, just friends, but she was a great girl. Mm -hmm. Worked on the top floors, and a lot of my friends were, you know, firemen. And they, sure, but it's uh, that was completed. The World Trade Center was completed on the day I was born, not the day, the year I was born. Okay, seventy three. Seventy three. So yeah. pretty much those they existed out my window. Yeah, my yeah. Whole life, and that was always my encouragement to get into show business was staring at those buildings and the skyline as mm -hmm. that goal. Like I'm gonna conquer that city. Yeah. So yeah, it was. I was pissed. Yeah, oh, yeah. The only guy I know off the top of my head died in 9-11 in the towers that, uh, you know, I know a, a guy I went to high school with was like a Wall Street guy. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't, I probably know more people if I actually saw a whole list, I bet I'd yeah. pill off more, yeah. more names, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, but, but that's the one I know for a fact. Before, yeah. I, before I know of, you know, not to get depressing, yeah, yeah. but anyway, just, uh, but that's one, always one thing I found so interesting. That's why that Greg Giraldo joke about how he couldn't figure out how the world, New York, was going to get back to normal. And if there was going to be a normal or if what was going to happen afterwards. Mm -hmm. too. And then he saw a group of girls at the Comedy Cellar who decided to have their bachelor party anyway. Like, fuck it, we're not going to let the terrorists ruin our fun. Come on, Cindy, it's your night. And putting on penis balloons. Right, right. He, goes, he goes, all right, nothing's changed. <laughs> I, I love that joke. Yeah. That speaks volumes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I was talking to a comic on the phone one time who was on the way to his own 
funeral. Road gig. Otherwise, not the same thing. Semantics. We're on his phone, and he arrives, you know, in Nevada or wherever the hell he was going. And he arrives at the place, pulls up in front of the place, and we're still talking on his Bluetooth. And he just he just swings his door open, his car door open on the main street or whatever he pulled up at the at the parking meter. He swings his car door open, and I just hear him like mid sentence. I hear basically this: "Yeah, so Dave, so I was uh, anyway when I was uh, at the house the other day, I was talking to my friend." Ah! He screams the top of his lungs because he had swung his car door open and a bus just drove his door right off. Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, wait. It, it, like, he, he just arrived like five hours away from, from here. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's my biggest fear, man. Is get, getting, getting the door off. T- taken off, man. <laughs> I, I think I have other greater fear than that. <laughs> Shot, nuclear But how do you drive home? Very close, very home close to my gig? doors, Ebola. Brian. Very close to my doors. <laughs> how do you drive home from that gig? You, know, you have to have a six-hour drive home. Very I'm like you're a, you pretend you're a mailman. Yeah. Right. You put your seat... <laughs> <laughs> I work for UPS. <laughs> you put your seatbelt on and turn on the heater. Let's do this. <laughs> you paid your car, Brad, and pretend UPS. That's hilarious. <laughs> uh, Brian, what's coming, up, uh, what's coming up for you in the immediate future? Uh, I'm on an episode of the X. On TV land, uh, the X's. Yeah, I love yeah, that yeah. show. Wayne Knight and you know, Kristen Johnson. Sure, and, sure. And, uh, the guy from Scrubs and the guy from Three Sisters. They're very funny. Excellent. And I got that album out, which is really what I'm focusing on now because I pretty much have to do all the promotion myself. Oh yeah. And it's a really fun album. Can you download it from AllThingsComedy.com? Yeah, AllThingsRecords.com. It's okay. also on oh, it's iTunes. It's only okay. ten bucks for sure. the whole thing. What's great about it is I leave in all the heckles and interruptions and all the self self sabotage moments where I melt down on stage for a second. I wanted to talk. I'm glad you brought that up. I, I, I find it very interesting. I you like know, that. Yeah, I, my last album was all sketches uh-huh. and like stand up and then interviews. Like, what the fuck is on there? You know. Right. And I just wanted one pure album. So when this guy was like, "We'll record it," I was like, "Let's record it." You know. Yeah. And it's what's not make edit anything out. Let's not pipe in extra laughs. Mm-hmm. Let's just. Leave one pure set. Yeah. Where, like, and I know there's jokes on there that kill other places, but didn't kill. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm gonna fucking put that on there anyway. I'm gonna. Leave. It's it's just a show. It's just one show. I respect that, man. Yeah. I like that. Some of the jokes are on the last album, but most of them are not. Right. And it's a, a completely. It's just one show, and I, I something about it I like. Because I don't like. I listen to a lot of old albums, and I like that. Yeah, I don't like the the polished. Uh, I mean, I'm sure it's it's great to listen to listen to that polished out, listen to that edited, severely edited, it's good severely for an HBO special. Yeah, it's great for an man. HBO give special. me give me like that old Red Fox, Lenny Bruce, Len Red Fox. Exactly what yeah. I'm talking about. I have those albums in my fucking car right now. Yeah, that's the kind of shit that inspired me just to release one just like this. I love that. I so love Brian's that. Brian's learning a lot of the comedy because I've been putting a lot of effort into this podcast. It's very different than sketches and as improv mm-hmm. and there's. A lot of bits. And so I'm trying to, it's called This Is My Podcast. It's on the same network as you, allthingscomedy.com. And uh, what else is going on? Uh, You're working on your follow-up stand-up album for next year, Boo and the Monkey. Boo and the Monkey. I will never (laughs) fucking call my album Boo and the Monkey. (laughs) Negative connotations. Yeah, yeah. What's going on? What's up with you, Race? Uh, I I try not to keep track of my own life. So it's all on davidrace.com. Just go to davidrace.com. The one thing I I know offhand... You're going to break that chair, by the way. Yeah, I know. The chair is out of control. The one thing I know offhand is uh, uh, comedians talking about Bigfoot. Comedians talking about Bigfoot.com. That sounds great. And it's, it's... it's now is this comedians talking about what? Comedians talking about Bigfoot. Bigfoot. Okay. 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 You, I lost it in the title. Listen, it, this the show is massive. I can't believe how it came out of the gate. It's already in the top five percent most listened to podcast in the country. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, 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 the we are huge with the toothless. <laughs> well, I'm excited to do it as a non 
believer yet non-skeptic. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm excited to. Yeah, Murray's gonna, Murray's coming up soon. I'm excited to do it because I don't not be believe in him. Well, then I don't do believe in him. There's too much Yeti, and there's all there's all there's Bigfoots all over the world. Mm-hmm. They're all called different things. Sure. So I mean, like whether or that they're around now, I don't know. But I I think at some point some of those things were fucking around. I just don't know where they're both. Maybe we sit and we examine like tapes of Bigfoots, unusual tapes, and we sit and talk sure. about it. Then we go to the phone and talk to a guy, one of the guys from, from one of the Bigfoot TV shows. No, right. we don't. We don't talk to like maniacs. <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk the guy, to guy. Any guy who gets his paycheck from Bigfoot, the, we, don't take, we don't take. Call. He's either a genius we, or a maniac. No, but I didn't want Brian to think we're taking calls, like 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 just to go to the open phone America. Uh, my Bigfoot's you know, in the fridge. We, we we have a booked we have a booked guy from you know from this Bigfoot show and from right. that Bigfoot uh-huh. show, Ancient right. Aliens and Animal yeah. Planet. I love Ancient yeah. Aliens. We have even though this all nonsense. The episode, I fucking the love. The most it. recent episode we aired is a girl from Ancient Aliens. This girl, Linda Moulton Howe. Yeah. And she's talking about the Bigfoot UFO connection. Uh, yeah. oh, so they, they have to make more episodes. Right. My favorite is when, when George Washington had alien connections. It's like, nah, you guys are pushing it. you know. <laughs> but the, the original guy who came up with ancient astronaut theory mm-hmm. was, was like, in my book, I put 300 question marks. I just said, what if? And how about... And right, right. Everyone's fucking said, taking me seriously. <laughs> then he realized the money that was coming, and he still doesn't change the question marks. He's not yeah, yeah. crazy. I like that guy because he doesn't say ever, yes, that's what happened. He goes, but the, the, maybe. That's what, I, that's, what I, maybe. that's what I always liked about Ripley's Believe It or Not. Yeah. You hear they funny never sentences. said it happened. Yeah. Like, Believe it or not. Funny sentences. <laughs> you, hear, <laughs> you hear funny sentences on ancient aliens, like like uh, like a narrator in her serious tone going like, Ancient, ancient alien yes. theorists believe, and you go, who? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It means, like, who, he means who, who the, that? Hit that guy, yeah. and the guy with the wavy hair. Yeah, the crazy hair. <laughs> then yeah. the guy looks like he hasn't stopped eating spaghetti in <laughs> right, right. five years. But they, uh, yeah. they always use the, they use one of the four words: ancient astronaut theorists believe. Right, right, or right. they say ancient astronaut theories contend. Yeah. Right, right, or they right. say ancient right. astronaut theories agree. Like, agree. <laughs> it's always another word, thesaurus word <laughs> for uh, you know. Whatever that word is, I'm looking for a thing right. joke. Well, let's get but the source com- out. <laughs> this comedian's talking about Bigfoot thing is huge, dude. Yeah, it's and of huge. course, when we say Bigfoot, we're talking about the monster truck from the 80s, right? right. That's what we're talking about? Yeah, yeah. The last time you saw it? Because I haven't seen him in a while. No. Although, uh, weirdly, that, that, that Barzilla would, ate him. Weirdly, that would, that would attract the same listeners. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> yes. yeah. It would be the same crowd. I, I could do that as a sister show and have the same audience come right over. <laughs> All right, awesome. Well, guys, thanks a lot for uh, enduring the heat in this room and, and driving real oh, far to come over and having it. Uh, seriously, check out uh, check out Brian's album and check out David's uh, podcast and come see these guys when, when they come to your town. Uh, they're very funny. And I want to thank you listeners for listening and uh, thank you for keeping us in the top uh, comedy podcast on iTunes. I That's really appreciate awesome, man. it, man. Congrats. I didn't know that. Oh, thanks, man. And uh, that much funnier. <laughs> I didn't come prepared with notes like Dave. I love your all these comedy yeah, yeah. releases. Fuck, that would have been funny from the beginning. Uh, and uh, as you know, I'm going to be in town for. I'm not hitting the road for a while, but I, I am doing uh, comics on Safari in Santa Cruz the first week of August. Stay tuned for dates of that, and then we're back at Irvine in September and uh, for all you local LA people who've been asking me when I'm going to bring the show we'll be at Melrose on the 29th that's going to be me headlining with uh, Graham Elwood Andrew Norelli the, the usual cast and of course we're sponsored by Quicksilver and all that so uh, come on out it's going to be fun and if you haven't had a chance hey man go ahead and write a review on iTunes it really helps the show and yeah. uh, if you listen to Brian or uh, David's podcast write a review uh, yeah, for those please, please. because it, believe it or not it's, it really does help out on iTunes I just uh, started I need, I need some oh and yeah so Brian needs really it some help. yeah definitely uh, other than that man um, this is uh, this is it uh, I'll see you guys uh, next week with a couple more really funny comics thanks for uh, coming out guys and thanks for listening thanks you want to know about life on the road 
It's booze, tacos, angry dwarfs, strippers waving guns And fees, fights, candle flights, running with the runs And blacklists, bounce checks, great a bachelorette Drunks in the front, making out for your set And middle acts doing blow, more missing merch And drive the rental car past another mega church And juice keys, vagina fists, your cell phone is gone One big law and order marijuana